a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Today's match is in the books and we're breaking it down. This is your RSL post-match show on the RSL Radio Network. All right, welcome into the RSL post-game show here on the RSL Radio Network. Myself, Spencer Warren, my partner, Lauren Beck. Along for the ride, we'll have Pablo Mastroeni. We know that we'll have Diego Luna and probably another player, but uh, we'll get that to you and update you as soon as we get that as well. RSL running out 3-1 winners here at America First Field. A decent second half by New York Red Bulls. The press was consistent. And uh, they really did work RSL. They get their goal, their reward, about 10 minutes from time. But RSL goes straight back up the other end. And Jefferson Savarino, well, he becomes RSL's top goal scorer on the season with an absolute beauty. Uh, bending it around the goalkeeper into the far corner outside of the area. And RSL run out 3-1 winners. Lauren, your initial thoughts over the last 45 minutes and the 90 minutes in general? Well, first of all... Um the goal against Orlando that Sava scored, the uh, the chest and uh, half volley from the corner of the six, and tonight's shot from outside the 18, just off to the side there, both somehow very classic Savarino goals. Um, delighted for him to get that goal tonight. It was a, the perfect response from uh, that goal from New York. You kind of felt one coming from New York Red Bull. Uh, they had been dangerous at points in the match. It, I don't think it, the game ever felt in danger of drop, being dropped points for RSL. Um, unfortunate they weren't able to get the clean sheet, but I, I, you could feel that coming, in my opinion, for for New York. A fantastic performance from Diego Luna. Uh, two very lovely goals for him tonight. So I was super excited for him to get that brace and to uh, get man in the match from Real Salt Lake and plant the flag. Uh, it looks like he's possibly taking a ball as well um just delighted they're turning things around here at home it's uh three is it three straight unbeaten at home am i not counting enough let me let me look but i, I know the record's four four and four so we're not so we haven't got a losing record at home anymore so true is, yes so uh the last home loss was may 31st against the la galaxy and then it, um a draw a draw 
a win and a win. So uh, some good results in the summer here for Real Salt Lake at home. Really starting to turn things around. Just super proud of this team. Um, hopefully Chicho is all right. He picked up that knock and uh, ended up subbing out because of it. It looks like he was pr- it was pretty minor and maybe just wanted to call it a night, not to make it worse. So hopefully uh, over the next week he'll be able to rest that enough to be all right for Leaks Cup. Um, RSL, it looks like it's the second longest single season run, unbeaten run um, of all time, which is pretty darn good mm. for RSL, especially the way the season started. But the road form has absolutely carried this team. Um, as we mentioned, um, a goal uh, in the second minute by Diego Luna off uh, a, an assist by Jefferson Savarino. Diego Luna gets another one. He gets the brace in the 53rd minute. A lovely little bit of play by Danny Masovsky. It's got to be said, who's been still amongst the goals as well. And then, um, as we said, Jefferson Savarino, a minute after Frankie Amea had made it 2-1. Uh, uh, to, so uh, New York clawed one back a minute later. A, uh, an assist for Brian Oviedo. Uh, but <laughs> to be honest with you, it was all uh, Jefferson Savarino with that great little dink um, around the defender and then rifling it into the far corner. And RSL were just able to see the game out quite comfortably. Brian Vera did pick up a yellow card. He was one of two players, Paulo Ruiz, um, the other one. But um, he will be missing the next MLS game against LA Galaxy when it rolls around again August 20th. Um, but RSL really, really did had to fight um, and, and grind their way throughout this game because New York, even though the, the, I wouldn't say the scoreline flatters Real Salt Lake, but New York were, were excellent, I thought, with regards to the, how their consistent press and pressuring the back line. They actually finished with more shots than RSL. They finished with 13 shots. RSL finishing with nine. Both had four on target. RSL getting the three goals. Um, it was pretty decent crowd as well another sellout for for rsl um 2000 sorry 20,556 uh in attendance tonight it felt it, it you know the stadium is alive and uh these signings uh, have made a heck of a difference to the fan base the excitement is there um we're really excited to hear your thoughts i believe jake hatch tweeted and, and i retweeted yeah, it yeah lauren retweeted it so we'd love to hear your thoughts on tonight's match um with the brace tonight, midfielder Diego Luna becomes the youngest player in RSL history to record a multi-goal game at 19 years and 311 days. I'm absolutely delighted for him. He's slotted into that left midfield role uh, where he can pinch in a little bit. And he and Andrew Brody seem to have got this almost telepathy uh, when it comes to, to working on the left-hand side. Very, very impressive. We are going to head to our first break. You are listening to the RSL Post Game Show here on the RSL Radio Network. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All 
All right, welcome back into the RSL post-game show here on the RSL Radio Network. Myself, Spencer Warren, my partner, Lauren Beck. We're just waiting for the post-game presser to start. We know that we'll have Diego Luna, obviously Pablo Mastroeni, who's having the time of his life with all these options off the bench. We will also have Brian Ojeda. Pretty excited for that. Hopefully they uh, do the translation so we can uh, enjoy that. I've, I've been very, very impressed with him over the last month. I think he's uh, had a bit of a slow start to the season, but now with the uh, the news that he's incredibly happy in Salt Lake, the team are incredibly happy with him, and hopefully towards the end of the transfer window we might see some kind of deal uh, that allows him to stay permanently here in Salt Lake City with all the options in the midfield. Nelson Palacio able to come off the bench. No um, Jasper Loffelson needed tonight, but my, my word. Having these four guys in the midfield for two spots, training must be absolutely insane right now. And with the game still coming thick and fast, Lauren, particularly when MLS play starts up again, I think it's, what is it, five games in maybe 14, 15 days or something ridiculous like that. Um, There's going to be plenty of rotation and plenty of minutes for all these guys, even the guys up front. Tonight, I thought Danny Masovsky impressed. Um, Chicho was had 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 moments but he's still finding his feet to be honest with you and obviously that ankle knock didn't help him Demir Krylak able to come off the bench Anderson Julio unable to make it four games on the bounce with a goal off the bench but still looked bright and looks a different player and obviously Rubio Rubina Michael Chang still to come back with the likes of Andres Gomez Jefferson Savarino and Diego Luna with the brace tonight yeah that's a that's a you're lot stunned. of players. It's, 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 it's not it's not often, Lauren, that you're you're uh, lost for words. But this is so foreign yes. for me, probably the front office and the entire fan base to have all these options. I was talking with DJ pre-game, and we started to, to name the players. It's a twenty-man squad. There's going to be two or three players that would usually dress that are not going to be dressing when and if we are fit obviously oh yeah it's um i mean i, I remember a couple of seasons ago um there was so much talk around the team um you know from dunny from radio from from all the media about how deep the team was at the time and it just wasn't panning out and we were kind of like what's in theory this team should be pretty good and it just wasn't working out the way we thought that it would and we've seen over the last like season, season and a half, the players coming in, the decisions being made, the players leaving, and and it's all working out so well. And I, I think last time we were talking about the team being deep last season or two seasons ago, whenever it was, it it didn't one hundred percent feel right. But it, it you still felt like that team could pull it off. But this team, for the first time in a few years, it really does feel right. With, with ever, the, the depth of the options, it's so nice to see. And, I mean, you look at the way that everyone's interacting off the field after before and after games, um, and it's just so nice to see. It seems like such a cohesive group. Um, and the atmosphere's really just changed here over the last season. And it's just so nice to see, and I think that that translates from the field to the, to the fan base um, very easily. And... Yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited about this uh, this team. Do we have Chicho's Chicho's little boy going in on challenges again? Is that what we're? Playing? Well, no, no, no. It, it, it's actually kind of cool because Chicho's 
younger son and Jefferson Savarino's son have been exchanging passes yeah. on the it's, field right now. It, honestly, it's the future. It's so cute to see all of the kids run out on the field and play after the game with their dads and with the other children. Zach McMath was just throwing a very small, very light poofy ball at Chicho's daughter's head so she could head it. <laughs> it's just, again, I just think that, that the culture and the atmosphere here is changing for the better in so many ways, and it's just so nice to see. Um, going back to the stats tonight, Lauren, uh, RSL just shy of 56% uh, possession, nine shots, four on, talk, uh, on target, 444 passes with uh, an accuracy of just shy of 84%, uh, a couple of corners, uh, a couple of uh, seven crosses, just caught offside the once. Um, and yeah, uh, Zach McMath, uh, you know, had to make three saves. Obviously, there's a couple of uh, goal mouth scrambles, and, and the ball was cleared uh, well by um, uh, RSL. RSL committing 19 fouls to 16, picking up three yellow cards in the process. Anderson Julio, Julio's was ridiculous; didn't even touch the goalkeeper. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not reviewable. But Some very weird decisions from the referee there against Real Salt Lake. I mean, in the first half, there were a couple, but like you, I understood the, the calls. The second half, I feel like every almost every call that was made against Real Salt Lake, obviously not all of them, but especially toward the end, some very bad decisions from the referee here. Um, but RSL still walking away with three points, so we don't need to really dwell on that. Yeah, RS, the referee making his uh, actual MLS debut tonight. It always seems like it's in Salt Lake that the referees make their debut. Um, but did some things well, um, uh, Alexis De Silva, uh, and then some strange decisions as well, some no calls. Um, kind of kind of got into to making the game a little bit about himself and, and I, I'll be interested to see what the kind of review on it on him is obviously he's got to start somewhere I don't think he got the big decisions wrong um, which is the most important thing and hopefully he can go from strength to strength yeah I um, again I, I, I we did see Chicho's yellow card rescinded um, after la- from last or sorry from Wednesday's game mm-hmm. um, and kind of was find an undisclosed amount for um, that simulation. So I don't know. I guess there's there's a potential that that could happen with um, Anderson this week as well. Um, but, yeah, as you said, the, the big decisions went the right way. I just think there wasn't consistency from, like, not calling. He didn't call a shoulder-to-shoulder um, for Real Salt Lake from Reyes on Savarino. He called it against Chicho on Reyes, which was a bit – it was a bit more of a foul from Chicho, so I didn't blame him on that one. But then there were a few that he did call that were shoulder to shoulder um, in favor of New York Red Bull. So, yeah. moving uh, on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as it stands, if the scores hold, RSL will be in third position. Seattle currently 1 1 with FC Dallas, about 60 minutes gone there. Portland currently up 2 1 uh, against Columbus Crew up at Providence Park. And Vancouver Whitecaps, well, they're having a. A decent season themselves. They are currently 3-0 up against LA Galaxy in BC Place mm. at about 55, 56 minutes gone. Uh, results from earlier today. Atlanta United losing at home 2-1 to Orlando, RSL's opponent uh, last Saturday. Um, Montreal getting a 2-0 victory against Charlotte. 
Um, New England getting a 4-0 home win against DC United. Philadelphia 2-1 against NYCFC. Chicago beating the awful, and it really is a mess, in Toronto. 1-0 there. Uh, Minnesota, LAFC finishing 1-1. That allows RSL to be level on points with LAFC. And if you'd have said that a few months ago, I would have called you crazy. Cincinnati getting a 3-1 home home win against Nashville. They now move on to 51 points. Ridiculous uh, what they're doing in the Eastern Conference. St. Louis getting a 3-0 victory against uh, Inter Miami. Austin getting a 2-1 victory against Kansas City. Colorado and Houston letting everyone down, nil-nil. RSL, as we know, getting a 3-1 victory. We're still waiting for that post-game press at the start. Diego Luna and it's just Diego Luna. Hey, Diego, congrats on the win. Um, well done on both your goals. Um, I guess being a younger player in MLS, still kind of trying to find your way in the league, how do you remain in a good pet space and stay humble on a week-to-week basis? I think it's something where that's just who I am. I think it's where I've, I've grown up and how I've grown up. And I think it's just me, you know, trying to, to play soccer. And, you know, I do it for fun and I do it for the enjoyment and what it brings to, to my mental health and everything. So I think that's something that, that just keeps me stable. And I think that's what, what is uh, keeping me humble and keeping me, you know, I just want to get out there and play. So I think that's what it is. And then, and then from a team standpoint, um, I believe you all are in – third place in the West as far as, you know, standing six percent right now. You know, St. Louis is, you know, only four points out. You're on level on points with L.A., you know, even though those two teams have played one for your match. I mean, how do you stay focused with the top of the standings being so close? I don't think that's something that, that we worry about in the locker room and, and – or, or in the you know the coaching staff, I think it's just us doing our thing on a daily basis and and keeping that same mindset where we go into each game as the underdogs and keeping that mentality. So I don't think we pay attention really much to the to the stuff and and we we keep that in our DNA. And then when we get the ball, we we let our quality show. And um you know it's working right now, and we're going to continue to do that. Alrighty, congrats again. Thanks, Diego. Can you take us through both goals and tell us what you saw as the plays developed? Yeah, I think the first goal was a, a quick goal, right? So I think the ball went out to Sava, and I know he loves whipping the ball in like that. And, and everybody ran first post, and I was able to beat my defender, you know, to the ball and, and sneak in there and, and make good contact and put that in the bottom corner so it was good. And then the second goal was just following up Danny's, you know, Danny's play, and the ball popped up. They got it, and then I saw Danny there with a the 1-2. And then I just uh, I had a lot of time in my head to, to finish, so I just picked out a spot and just slipped it in. You look different since you came back from the U-20s. Do you feel different out there on the field? And if so, how and why? I think it has to do a lot with the, the mental side of the game. I think it was a lot of you know, confidence and a lot of stuff going through my head that, that was clogging me up and stuff. But I think coming back, I, I felt more free and more, and more enjoyable while playing. And I think that was something that, that is what um, – what shows myself is when I'm free and I'm having fun playing and it shows who I really am. So I think that was something when I came back, I, I felt free and, and open to the game and to, to relaxed and able to play. What was going through your head and clogging you up? I think there was a lot of things, you know, I, I was away every month for 10 days with the national team, 
that could have been personal stuff. It, it's a whole bunch of things. It could have been uh, playing time. There's all these things. Uh, me being young, away from family, a whole bunch of things that, that, that you know, clog up a, a young kid's brain. And I like to think that I'm mature, but it always gets to people. And, and I think that's something that, that everybody will face in their life. But um, it was my time at that moment. And I think I'm, I'm glad to overcome it and stay strong. But, yeah, it was just a, a lot of things. How much is Chicho's presence opening space on the field for everybody else? I think it, it shows a lot, right? You have, when you have a nine that has a, a big name and, and knows what, they, what he can do, it, it distracts defenders, which opens up space for, for Saba and me on the wing in, in a game like this I'm, I'm talking about. So it shows that. And then it shows if you know, teams try to, to clog one side, we, we can find the other side. Teams, teams try to clog both sides, we can find down the middle. So I think it just gives us a lot of options around the field, and, it, and it, it's good to play with them combined. And just having a, a Chicho up there is a great guy, so it's also good to have him in the locker room. Team only had two home wins all year in MLS play, and now you've gotten two in eight days. Is you were talking about your personal mindset changing? Is the team's mindset changing a little bit? I think yeah, it was just finding our DNA. I think it's it's all been there, but I think it was just us, you know, from the very beginning, uh, practicing on who we wanted to become. And I think we're we're getting on the right path, and I think we're just going to keep building that and making it stronger because I don't think we're we're close to where we can be. Um, as far as your, your position on the field goes, you know, you've, you've, you, I know you said originally you, you prefer to kind of play in the 10. You've moved a little bit out to the wing. Um, how, how are you feeling right now, I guess, about kind of what the coaches are asking of you and then how you feel personally within your position on the field? Yeah, I, I feel good. I feel good. I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I'm glad to be out there on the field and contribute to the team. I think, um, yeah, I, I still feel, I think, more comfortable <clears throat> playing as a 10, and that's my, my natural position. But that's where you have to adapt, and that's where you have to grow as a player. And I've been asked to play on the left wing, and, and I'm starting to enjoy every game more and learn about the position. And also when I'm asked to play back into the 10, it also gives me a, a bigger idea of, of you know, the, the, the spots of wingers and where they're supposed to be. And so it, it's helping me grow as a, as a player in general. So I'm happy about it, and I'm happy to play left wing. It gives me some time to get isolated and, and do things on the, on the wing and that I can't do as a 10, so it's, it's good. And then lastly, kind of on a similar note, I'm curious what kind of feedback you've gotten from the coaches um, as you've kind of gotten a little more comfortable uh, back from the national team and spent a lot more time here at RSL. What are the coaches kind of told you and kind of maybe praised you as you've gotten more minutes here uh, on the first team? I think it was simple. I think it's just them uh, wanting me to do the best that I can for my individual development. And I think they're, they're putting me in the right place to succeed and they want me to do good. And of course, me doing good will help the team. So I think it's, it's very simple and w- they want me to get the best out of me and it's, it's working and they've been very helpful and not uh, over pushing and not, you know, leaving me aside. So it's been a good uh, communication between, between us. Diego, congratulations. In your career, this is the best moment do you feel this is one of the best moments with two scoring in a game? Yeah, I think it's it's up there, right? I think um, especially scoring my first goal at home and, and getting two of those to, to help the team win, it was a pretty exciting thing. So I think it's definitely up there with in the top three. As a young player, you're still in contact with your family, probably your father. You told me the other day all your family play soccer yeah. and they're expecting something from you. When you score... You got a, a call from your dad, from your brothers. Uh, do you expect any call now today? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I haven't been to my phone, but we'll see what, what they have. But um, it's going to be good to get on the phone with my parents and just you know, see how excited they are and stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
Thank you. Yeah. Gracias. Yeah. Anything in Spanish? Awesome. Thank you, Diego. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That was Diego Luna. And my word, doesn't he interview well for 19 years old? Just a solid head on his shoulders, not just his body, yeah. but just... Uh, I've said this the last couple of weeks, Lauren, and I think we, we've discussed this off air. He sees the game, game differently. He's not scared of telling senior players where they should be. Um, but right now, we have Pablo Mastroeni, so we will uh, toss it downstairs again. Hey, Pablo, this was uh, your first match against the Red Bulls as coach of RSL. Um, I was- General thoughts on the game, how you thought the team played? Yeah, we knew it was going to be a difficult game. I think their style kind of draws you into playing that way with a lot of second balls, a lot of long balls. Um, but we also saw that when we do win balls or when we do break the press, we're going to create some really good chances. Um, and I thought the guys did a good job battling. Um, and, uh, again, I managed the game the right way. It got a little hairy there. Um, after they conceded, but the response was great, and Salva's goal really sealed the deal. Um, so, you know, the the thing that makes me proud about this group is that different players um, are making the difference in, in different games. You know, Julio's coming off of three games with three goals. You know, Salva's contributing, Chicho, um, and today was Luna as well, um, and, and doing a great job. And so, again, um, one of the things that we've been talking with Luna and spending a lot of time was is getting in the box. Right. You're not going to score goals unless you get in there. And so um, it's great to, to feel what it is like to get in dangerous areas. Um, so, again, a really good performance from the guys. Um, and, um, again, we just got to keep going. Awesome. One more. Both uh, Nelson and Chicho have a few games under their belt now with the club. I just want to your thoughts on how they fit in both on and off the field. Yeah, I think they're they're fantastic professionals. Uh, they're fantastic uh, individuals. Um, I mean, they've assimilated into the group seamlessly upon arrival. Uh, the locker room is 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 our our sanctuary, um, and to have two more character people step in there, I think bolsters the confidence of the group. Um, obviously, Chicho's quality kind of speaks for itself, and uh, I think in the moment we're just trying to figure out the best way to get them, um, you know, match fit in a way that. Uh, you know, that, that he can continue without getting hurt. Um, but he, but he's been fantastic. Um, and, and then Nelson young player coming to a different country. Uh, I think his adaptation will take a little bit of time, but, but again, I think he's, he's been, he's been solid. Um, and we'll continue to, to work with him and, and, and keep him humming. Yep. Hey Pablo. Um, obviously great performance from Diego Luna tonight. It almost seemed like a, a light switch flip after he came back from the World Cup. What what growth have you seen from him and, and progress that he's been making working up to performances like this? Yeah, again, I think, and I've said this in the past, I, I think everyone just assumes um, that because players are talented that they're going to just come in and crush the game at this level. I, I think we have one of the uh, the best leagues in the world. Um, and, and obviously – not necessarily competing with top five, but I think we're, you know, top 10 league in the world. Um, it's not an easy transition going from, you know, uh, USL to now making the big step. Uh, I think um, his, his ability to persevere through tough times, end of last year, the beginning of this year, and not get the reps. Um, because never do we talk about, some of the most important things about development and, and I'm talking about for all of us, whether you're a player or you're a human being, right? Going through tough times 
allows you to evolve in a way that you are a different person than you were prior to. And, and so I think the hardship that Luna went through and then with a good U20 put him in a, in a position to, to dig in a little bit deeper. And, uh, you know, obviously the goals today were fantastic, but for me, the evolution of Luna um, was last game when, the, when we're in KC and he gets played over the top and he makes a tackle inside the six-yard box. That's the evolution of Diego Luna. We can talk about all the attacking stuff. He's a, he's a very talented attacker. But when you commit to that type of work, now you become a part of the team. And, and, and so his growth has been fantastic. Um, and again, the expectations aren't that he's going to score every game, um, but that he's going to do the work that the team requires in order to get success. Pablo, you took seven points out of nine and you rotated heavily. Uh, Glad and Brody were the two guys who started. And Brody has to do a lot of running up and down the left side. What about him gives you the confidence to put him in, leave him in for 90 minutes when a lot of guys, understandably, the tank would be on E, and yet you didn't sub for him? Yeah, I, I think, well, first with both those guys, I think their body shape lends to quicker recovery, right? I, I think the guys that are more have a lot more uh, bigger frames, the recovery is always tougher. Um, and I think those two guys um, over my time here at, at Salt Lake have been able to bounce back quickly. And then with Brody, it, you know, he's, he's, again, I've said this quite a bit, but he's a player that you're never concerned about his positioning. You're never concerned about his decisions going forward. Um, he's a guy that, that runs on autopilot. And so when we're looking at this, you know, and, at these three games, I think those two guys would always be available because of their physical recovery and also their predictability as far as performances go, where I think they've been steady, you know, eight and a half all season long. How much is Chicho changing the space? I know you anticipated he would, but now that you've seen him play three games, how is he impacting the other attackers, even when he doesn't have the ball? Yeah, well, again, uh, you know, I said this before, you know, we even had him, uh, before he played his first game is there's a couple things, right? He's, he's a fantastic teammate. He's, he's one of the most humble people you'll come across. And I, I think that from an off the field perspective or a locker room perspective, um, it, it also humbles the guys in the locker room. Um, oftentimes in professional sports, as, as we all know, you get a big name, largest um, transfer in the club's history, and they'll walk in here like they own the place. Um, and so that part has been infectious where they want to work hard to get him the ball. They want him. It, it's been, it's been amazing from that perspective on the field. Um, he allows other players to have more space just based upon his presence. Right. I'm, I'm sure one of the things that they talk about opposing teams talk about is we can't get let Chicho free. And so what that does is it makes the back four a little bit narrow. And now you have Luna on one side and now you have Sava on the other and it gives those guys more time and space. Um, and so I think he uh, he put himself in some very good positions tonight. And uh, I think in a, in, in a couple more games, uh, I think when he reaches, um, you know, his match fitness, he'll be able to, you know, put those two or three chances that he created tonight away. New York brought a lot of pressure early on, and it looked like RSL was quickly defaulting to playing the ball over the top. And there was a lot of running. Then around the 25th, 30th minute, it looked like the team as a group 
decided to start playing through the pressure and they thought the space was there. Was that what you were preparing and looking for? Did everyone see that at the same time? Did that really go the way you wanted? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we talked about as far as our game plan for this game is that, again, they want to they want to play, you know, 10 guys in our in our half. Um, but we also so, again, one pass can beat 10 guys. Right. So early on, we wanted to threaten behind because then they have a question to ask if we get on top of the ball and they're attacking half. Do we want to keep doing that? And then also knowing that teams can, you know, they'll run out of gas at some point. It was really important um, to use Zach McMath today is almost a, a three-man build when we're deeper. And I thought in like the 20th minute, uh, we did a good job of breaking their press a couple times, kind of breaking their spirits a little bit um, and finding good opportunities in the wide channels because of their rotation. They're, I mean, they're, they're releasing outside backs from 20 yards, which is, which is difficult. I, I, but I also think that we just – at times didn't didn't make the necessary run from a uh, – well, I'll just put it this way. The few chances that we did create uh, with our forwards running in the channels were, were very dangerous. You've said the results don't matter so much. It's more about the process. Oh, hold on, DJ. My job is only predicated on results. So um, I, I, I don't I, – I, let's just put it this way. If you're if you're leading a group, right, as a coach, the last thing you want to do is make this about you. Because the game of soccer is about the players. I'm a steward of the game, hopefully sharing some experiences and some knowledge with a group of guys that want to achieve great things. Right. And in order to from that from that mindset, how do we continue to get better as a group? I know what this job is all about. I know what fans, ownership, I, I get it. That's not my concern. Um, and so if it's always about getting better, you're going to win some games and you're going to lose some games. If we lose games like we did at the beginning of the season and I walk in that locker room and I start raising hell, they will look at you as I did at, when I was a player and go, this guy thinks it's about him. It's not about the coach. It's about us. As, and I'm speaking to us when I was a player. It's about us. And, and the onus is on now. So that's where all my energy goes. So it's not, I'm not naive to the fact that results aren't important. I'm saying, how do you win games? There's got to be a process in place. There's got to be something to work towards. There's got to be improvement every day. Um, and that's how you win games. And if there isn't that, and we're just talking about winning, that, that's – that's crazy. It's like saying I want, I want a lot of money, but I'm just gonna just sit on the couch and not. Uh, you got to work. You got to you got to have a vision. You got to have a purpose. You got to have a process, right? And so that's why I talk results. They're they're they're, they're it's fairy dust. You, there's referees. There's there's moments in a game that you just shut off for one second, and now you're behind it. And then there's this. And there's so many things that go into it. But if we continue to work our style of play the way we want and refine that. And then each individual in the respective positions continue to think about the team as a process and work individually to get better at what they do as a collective will we'll have a higher likelihood of, of success. Does, does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of speculation about whether certain clubs are going to take the league's cup 
seriously or not too seriously. But given what you've just said, I assume you don't really care whether a game has an Open Cup, MLS, or League's Cup label on it. No. Again, I, I think these are all fantastic opportunities to, to get better, to win. Um, and, and again, I think we're using the same process, which is um, we'll have two games on Saturday and Wednesday, and we'll probably make quite a few changes. Um, and the group has shown that it doesn't matter who steps in there. They're going to do a very good job. They're going to do their job, which is going to help the team achieve their. So we want to do great in the League's Cup, just like we want to do great in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to rotate. So it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting situation that we find ourselves in. And for me as a coach, it gives me great pride that all those guys in the locker room, from one to thirty, whatever, have their fingerprint on this team. They've literally put a stamp on this team, and that for me gives me great joy because at the end of the day, it's about a team. Sorry, guys. I'm going to do in Spanish. My question was one of the last ones. So in Spanish, uh, Pablo. Hace semanas habíamos hablado que la situación del Real Solec no estaba bien y venía la Open Cup y probablemente te ibas a proyectar a eso y las cosas te llevaron a semifinal. Ahora el camino se enrumbó en la MLS y estás en, en buen camino. Ahora mismo estamos en tercero por ahora, esperando los resultados. Y viene otro torneo, justamente te acaban de preguntar por eso. ¿A qué le apuntas? ¿Puedes llegar a, a una semifinal? ¿Puedes llegar a meterte en los primeros lugares de la MLS? ¿Y le apuntas también a lo que es la... la torneo de la League's Cup? Siempre hay la posibilidad de ganar trofeo y siempre hay la, la mentalidad de este grupo es en cada partido que hemos, queremos jugar mejor que el partido anterior. Eh, pero también jugamos contra equipos grandes, que tienen jugadores grandes, que tienen entrenadores grandes. Y, y por eso no hablo de, de, de todo eso, especialmente con los, con los jugadores, porque la única manera para llegar es seguir mejorando. Y en este momento, más que cuando no, no está ganando. O sea, a veces cuando está ganando, pensar, salimos, esta, esta noche vamos a salir a la cancha y vamos a ganar. Sin el, la emoción, sin el esfuerzo. Pero nuestro grupo, ahora, creen, crean que somos un muy buen equipo y tenemos la, una gran posibilidad de jugar contra Seattle, contra Monterrey y, llegar, y sacar buenos resultados. ¿Te falta ver a alguien más? La Open Cup te ayudó a ver a todos casi, pero caso de Jackson o de Paul, entre otros que han estado apareciendo, ¿tendrán oportunidad? Pues eh, a mejor. No quiero decir que no, pero también tenemos el, el, el Michael Chang, que Todavía no está con el grupo, está lesionado y va a volver en un momento. Y también el, el, el Rubio, que llega de la selección. Así tenemos, para mí, tenemos un equipo completo y pues los jugadores que no, no, nombraste eran muy importantes en ese tiempo. Pero si, si deben tener la oportunidad, me imagino que van a salir muy bien. Ah, bueno, continuando un poco con las preguntas con respecto a la League's Cup, que es lo que viene ahora para Real Salt Lake. Eh, hablando un poco con otras personas, dije que este es quizás uno de los grupos más complicados por el momento que tiene Seattle Saunders, Real Salt Lake y Monterrey. Hablando más específicamente de, de Monterrey, que es un equipo que no pertenece a la MLS, 
¿Qué es lo que has visto de ellos que quizás dices tú tienen que cuidar? No he visto ni un partido de Monterrey. <risa> ¿Por qué? Porque nuestro trabajo es mejorar lo que estamos haciendo. Y hablé con alguien ayer y digo, enfocamos 75% de, de trabajo en nuestro equipo. Queremos mejorar en nuestro estilo, los movimientos, las ideas, siempre mejorando 75%. Con, con el rival pasamos 25% del tiempo preparando para el equipo. Porque si nosotros jugamos como deberemos jugar, lo que hacen los equipos, se, o sea, el, otro, el, el, el equipo rival debe cambiar para nosotros. O sea, los equipos buenos pueden cambiar, pero los equipos en el top nunca cambian para cualquier equipo. Y no somos un equipo de primer nivel en este momento, pero somos un buen equipo y queremos llegar. ¿Cómo llegamos? Mejorando todos los días. Así, pero claro, hacemos los estudios y videos, vemos los videos de todos los partidos y siempre hablamos de los pasos que podemos aprovechar dentro de nuestro estilo de jugar. Y yo me imagino que en, en, en la semana que viene vamos, claro, vamos a mirar a, a los partidos de Monterrey. Y habrá más tiempo, ¿verdad? Eh, también, ahorita que, que comentas eso con respecto a los jugadores que tú dedicas más tiempo a ellos, eh, creo que eh, se podría decir que en esos momentos eres un privilegiado, cuentas con un equipo que cualquiera puede ser titular. Es más, cualquiera ha sido titular. Todos han estado alternando en diferentes ocasiones. Me imagino que todo depende del rival. Eh, ¿Cómo manejas tú el grupo? ¿En qué te enfocas ahora que mencionas que todo es relacionado a los jugadores para poder llevar esa buena relación y que, claro, que cada uno entienda que esto es una competencia y que los lugares se ganan en los entrenamientos previo al partido? Sí, eh, me gustaría decir que es un, un tema fácil, pero claro, eh, si queremos ser mejor que la, el año anterior o en 2021, van a haber cambios dentro de la plantilla. Y cuando trae jugadores como Chicho y, y Nelson, ahora tenemos la competencia que, 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 nos, que nos faltaba en los, en los años pasados. Eh, mira, no, no hay ningún secreto. Los jugadores que están funcionando bien en los entrenamientos y es algo que hablamos todos los días. Los entrenamientos son muy, muy, muy importantes. Y te digo la verdad, los últimos dos meses no pasa ningún entrenamiento sin poner 100%. Y todos los jugadores lo hacen. O sea, y como dicen, tener tantos jugadores disponibles que son talentosos es un es una problema linda. Y, y vemos cómo vamos. Yeah, I, I had one quick question about um, Luna and Paolo. I know you already talked about him at length earlier on his development, his ceiling, you know, what that could kind of be for him. Um, obviously, we talked about the U-20 World Cup and kind of putting that into contact with 2026, which will be here before you know it. I mean, uh, what is his ceiling in relation to maybe a national team spot with the senior national team that is? As long as he keeps improving, keeps staying committed and doing the things to make himself better. You know, I think he's he's got a great shot. You know, you 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 look at the, the the national team when they have their European players, and I'd say that's the benchmark. 
right? You got Pulisic on one side, who's who's fantastic, and and obviously they rotate uh, on the right. You know, sometimes it's Wea, uh, but that's what his competition is, and and so. Um, you know, it was a big, he took a huge step going, coming from USL to MLS. It's going to be another huge step going from MLS to, to national team. And the only way I believe you get to national teams as a player is consistency and performances, right? And, 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 and because again, coaches want predictability when they're selecting players. They don't want, you know, a player that plays uh, a 10 1 game and then the next game he doesn't, he, he, you know, he, he plays a three to a level three, right? He, they, he, the coaches want, level eights, level sevens every single game. And so I, I think, you know, the ceiling is, 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 is high for Luna. I think he can achieve some, some great things. He's got, um, he's got a lot of tools that you can't teach, right. That they're innate in, 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 in his, the way his brain works about soccer, the passes that he makes, um, the way he sees the game, those, those are things you can't teach. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I think the play for me that shows a lot of growth was a slide tackle, defending slide tackle inside our six-yard box to preserve a result. And, and, and again, to get to the national team, you got to be a winner. Um, and so I think him being a part of this group in the form that we're currently in puts him in a great position you know, to, to go into a January camp and, sh- and show Greg that uh, he's, he's more than capable of playing at that level. Thank you. Sorry, just one quick one to set up here. Sorry, Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I was just talking about earlier, and he seems, you know, super relaxed. You know, I asked him, you know, as he said, he goes to test base, and he said, you know, I'm just playing for fun. This is fun for me, and you know, that's what keeps him in the right headspace. I mean, how has that come across to you as a coach, seeing him you know, in that in that mindset? Back that he's playing for fun. Yeah, like he he said he does it for fun, and yeah, that's what keeps him focused right. and humble. This is who he always says he said. No, I think, again, I, I think the one thing with, with our group, having the players that we have, um, I think coaches could impede um, development or impede um, the joy of the game by being overly structured. Uh, I think we have a, 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 a really good balance of structure, but then allowing guys like Luna, Chicho, Sava, to express themselves. And again, I go back to this game isn't for coaches. This game is for players, right? And so if you don't have structure, then you have chaos. You have guys running everywhere. Um, But what we have, I think, is a good balance between structure and allowing each of these players who are all different to express themselves and and make the game fun, right? Because if you're not having fun in anything in life, you're not going to be good at it, right? And so – I, I think that the fact that he's having fun is 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 great because on the other side of that, he's doing all the work to help the team, right? So I, I think there's he's got a great perspective on on what this game's all about, um, and he's showing it every day in training. And and today, the two quality goals that uh, help the team win. That was your head coach Pablo Mastroeni, and uh, talking about the team and how uh, yeah. It's all about that the players, not about the coach. If you can add experience and give them advice, that's what it's all about. It looks like we're done. It doesn't like we've got a, a Brian O'Hader coming up. The, the screen went off. Oh, I lied. We're just getting a word from our producer, Corey, that uh, O'Hader will be coming up, and that will actually be translated from Spanish to English. So we won't be just sat there listening in Spanish because uh, if you're like me, 
don't speak a lick of it. Lauren, uh, just I, I love Pablo Mastroeni. Yeah. And the fact that the pressure's off, the team is playing well, he's getting uh, additions to this team, and just telling the boys to go out and express themselves, the likes of Chicho, the likes of Savarino, we're starting to see a huge benefit from, uh, from that uh, uh, approach. Yeah, I love when he talks about um, his, his role as a coach in this, in this league for this team. Um, I just think he, he's a good dude. He's a good coach. Um, and I think we're really fortunate to have him here with Real Salt Lake. I know it's, uh, it was a rough start for him. Um, I mean, they did, they got into the playoffs at the end of that 2021 season and, um, and they, you know, there's been really bright moments, but not a lot of consistency, but you could say that about Real Salt Lake, not just under his, um, coaching, but through previous coaches as well, um, so well, the club was in turmoil, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah for, for a long time. Um, and I think he had to deal with a lot more of that than than any other coach for Real Salt Lake has. Um, so it's I, – I just – I think how fortunate they are to, to have him coaching this team. And even as an assistant coach under Freddie, I thought that that was such a great move. Um, uh, he's a talent – he was such a talented player. Uh and, and he's translated that to coaching and to life very well. Um, just, yeah, really, really enjoy him and uh, love hearing from him in post game. Love that he, uh, that we're getting home results and uh, we're not having to hear the, uh, there's too much pressure at home anymore. That was like the only time I've really been upset with him was when he was saying that a lot because I did not like that as an excuse for the home results. But again, just. The, I think the philosophy is finally coming through. You're finally getting enough players on the team that are buying into the to the culture and the uh, playing style and what he wants and envisions for this team, and it's just a joy to see. If you'd have told me mid-July in the 2023 season, RSL would have more points on the road than they did at home, uh, <laughs> I would have called you crazy. And now 4-4-4 four, four and four at home. Four, 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 four. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. We have a positive goal differential. We're now plus one, which is awesome. Uh, that six three and three on the road though has been absolutely the the benchmark for RSL picking up another point uh, on Wednesday on the road. And this team, you know, as we said, is just ticking all the boxes at this moment in time. We're going to head to another break. You're listening to the RSL post game show here on the RSL Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the RSL post-game show here on the RSL Radio Network. Myself, Spencer Warren, my partner, Lauren Beck, along for a few more minutes. Well, I've just got confirmation that Brian Ojeda will be in here in 90 seconds. Talking about Leeds Cup, an unprecedented event on Global Football Leagues Cup is the very first two-league tournament sanctioned by the Confederation. 77 matches in one action-packed month hosted in MLS stadiums throughout U.S. and Canada. All 29 MLS teams, 18 Liga MX clubs will participate every year. World Cup-style tournament with group stage made up of four regions, East, West, South, and Central, followed by knockout rounds until one team is crowned the champion officially sanctioned by CONCACAF the top three teams will receive automatic bids into CONCACAF Champions Cup with a chance to represent the confederation at the FIFA Club World Cup I can't think of anything more exciting um, apart from obviously we've got a semi-final coming up at the end of uh, uh, August in the US Open Cup and the fact we're sitting currently third in the Western Conference we've got everything to play for yeah really exciting times 
Well, and if we make it um, out of League's Cup group, it um, you know makes things very exciting, but it also just congests August further. Yes. Um, so I'd be curious to see, I mean, if that does happen for Real Salt Lake, what go how that works out because I believe the final is supposed to be August nineteenth, and RSL would is supposed to play on the twentieth. Um, so I mean, not getting ahead of ourselves. Just it, it's. Oh, we're winning it. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the way we're playing. Um, I was. Oh man, I w- I was going through some old photos. I was telling you in pregame. My uh, Google account is just too full right now, so it's constantly yelling at me. And I had a picture of the uh, last time RSL hosted. CONCACAF Champions League here. Kyle Beckerman. Oh, was it against Tigres? That's a great question. I don't actually remember. Tigres, I think, was it? 2016? Man, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't feel like typing right now and looking at, looking at that. Sauce Sorry. Guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, man, I, it's just fun. It's so fun to have Liga MX here. Um, when they were here a little while ago and, and just Club America was playing – uh, it, it always draws such a big crowd. It totally changes the atmosphere here. It's so fun. So I'm very excited to have uh, those in. Games against Seattle are always very fun as well. So just uh, exciting times. A, a, an exciting summer. We were having a Chicho summer. Um, the League's Cup Chicho summer now as well. It's just uh, it's a good time. Good time to be an RSL fan. Good time to be out here at America First Field. And, and obviously, Pablo Mascherini's uh, pre- uh, post-game press conference earlier, um, he did mention that the rotation would just continue to happen because everybody that comes in does their job. Uh, and, again, there's different levels to these players, but they're giving 100% and RSL are finding ways to, to win, and that's going to be important. Particularly, they get a full week. They'll probably get a couple of days off uh, here at the start of the week, but uh, they'll be fully focused on League's Cup coming up Saturday, a 7.30 kick against Seattle Sounders. And we have Brian Ojeda sitting down. We're going to go ahead and start with Spanish first. Uh, Brian, eh, muy buen partido el día de hoy por tu por tu parte. Eh, ahorita el equipo creo que está en un proceso interno de competitividad muy sano. Eh, te toca a veces jugar de titular, te toca a veces estar en la banca. Eh, últimamente has tenido un buen rendimiento. ¿Cómo te has sentido tú en esta temporada, en lo que va de temporada con Real Salt Lake, eh, sabiendo que el equipo está en un buen momento y que es importante mantener todavía esa buena competitividad. Good game today. Um, the team right now is in a very positive, competitive process, a very healthy one. Sometimes you get to be a starter, others you come off the bench. How have you felt this season with RSL? Uh, buenas noches. Eh, sí, como dices, estoy, estoy haciendo bien las cosas, el grupo está bien, estamos haciendo buenos partidos. Eh, creo que el equipo se está entendiendo cada vez más bien, cada vez mejor. Eh, la verdad me siento muy bien. Estoy jugando creo, al nivel que, que el club me exige. ¿no? Y también eh, me gustaría quedarme aquí, obviamente. Eh, ojalá que, que se dé eso. Eh, ahora esperar eso también. Eh, que, que la verdad que, que, como te dije, me gustaría que, que sea así, ¿no? Y el equipo creo que, 
que va muy bien, ahí como dijiste vos, que hay mucha competitividad. Y eso más me gusta más porque puedo ejercer más mi, mi juego, puedo demostrar lo que yo puedo dar al equipo. Um, bueno, ahora que lo mencionas un poco con respecto a que te gustaría quedarte, eh, me imagino que es por toda la situación, ¿no? que el equipo está jugando muy bien, eh, creo que está esa situación anémica agradable entre el grupo. Eh, ¿Ha habido algo que tú sepas con respecto a las negociaciones, con respecto a permanecer todavía en Real Salt Lake? Um, obviously negotiations happening with you staying here with Real Salt Lake. Do you know anything? Are there any updates in terms of you staying here? Sí, sí, estoy enterado de todo. Obviamente estoy enterado de todo. Eh, el club está hablando, están hablando ahí ellos. Eh, están hablando, creo que, que puede ser que, que me quede aquí, no es nada seguro, pero sí. Eh, como dije, me gustaría quedarme aquí. Eh, es lo que más deseo ahora mismo y desde antes ya, ya quería, ya, ya le dije que cuando hablaba con la prensa siempre decía que quería quedarme y era, era porque veía algo en este, en este grupo y, y creo que vamos a dar grandes cosas, aparte que estamos viendo, haciendo bien las cosas y creo que hasta podemos salir campeón ahora que, que tenemos oportunidad. Yes, of course, I do know the situation and I do know what's going on. There's definitely conversations and we are talking. I think that I will stay. I think it will work out that way, but I'm not sure. But of course, I do want to stay here and would like to stay. I think we're doing things well in the right way and hopefully it works out. Anyone else in Spanish? Brian, felicidades. Muchas has gracias. superado mucho, te has encajado bien en el equipo, estás haciendo bien las cosas. Pero quiero preguntarte, aparte de, de, del Real Soleil y todo esto, hablábamos el otro día de las eliminatorias que se aproximan en Sudamérica, es muy difícil. Uh -huh. ¿Has tenido alguna conversación con la gente de tu país? ¿Has estado ya antes en selecciones menores? ¿Cuál es la expectativa? ¿Cómo ves las cosas? Tú, ya que están bien para ti, ya viene para hace un mes aquí en la liga, pero después de un mes ya comienzan las eliminatorias en Sudamérica. South American competition, obviously things going well down on that end. Have you spoken to the national team or anything in regards to that sense? Sí, obviamente, sí. Eh, hablo con, con ellos, siempre estoy en contacto con el técnico, estuve desde la sub-15 de la selección, estoy hasta, hasta ahora. Eh, Estoy muy, muy feliz y creo que voy a tener oportunidad bastante en la selección. Siempre me, me consideran eh, muy bien ahí los técnicos. Eh, Guillermo me considera muy bien. Y creo que, que sí, voy a, voy a seguir viendo eh, porque estoy haciendo bien las cosas. Creo que estoy haciendo bien las cosas y, y se nota, obviamente. Eh, y ojalá que, que en, las, en las eliminatorias me vaya bien y pueda seguir yendo. Yes, I, I am in contact with them. I do speak to them and I'm in contact with the head coach, of course. So far, I'm very happy with everything and I think I will continue my path towards that direction. I think I will continue there and hopefully everything just progresses and continues moving forward. Todo es negociación, volviendo a la MLS, es negociación en cuanto a si te quedas o te vas. Acabas de decir que te encajaste en el equipo. Si fuera tu decisión, si tú tendrías que elegir regresar a tu equipo o quedarte aquí. No. 
Obviously, you did say you want to stay here where we're all Salt Lake. If it was up to you and solely your decision, would you stay here or would you return to your team? No, obviamente, preferiría quedarme aquí 100%, 100%. Es lo que, como dije, desearía, desearía que pase eso. Y ahora vamos, como dije, a esperar, vamos a ver qué pasa. No, no sabemos qué, qué va a pasar, pero sí me gustaría quedarme aquí. Es lo que, lo que deseo, sí. No, of course, I would obviously prefer to stay here. We do, however, have to wait and see what happens. But if I'm being honest, of course, I would prefer to stay here. Gracias. Nosotros también queremos que te quedes. Gracias. Anything else in Spanish? Now we'll move on to English. Questions? Okay. All right. Oh. Um, how, uh, how does it feel to play in the midfield with with guys like Pablo uh, and then also have a newcomer uh, in Nelson to join that midfield? ¿Cómo se siente jugar en el medio campo con Pablo y toda esa situación con ellos? La verdad muy bien, muy bien. Creo que nos complementamos muy bien ahora que, que jugamos muchos partidos. Creo que estamos entendiendo la forma de que de, de juego, vamos a decirle, eh, que Pablo quiere, la forma que Pablo quiere jugar. Creo que eh, también con Nelson, eh, él es nuevo, pero creo que nos vamos a complementar muy bien también. Eh, con Pablo, obviamente, me, me llevo más bien, digamos, porque estábamos jugando ya hace tiempo. Pero sí, con Nelson también eh, me va a ir muy bien. Eh, creo yo que, que los tres estamos haciendo un buen trabajo eh, y creo que vamos a, a hacer un, un gran equipo en general. Um, everything's going really well. I think we get along and we play very, very well together. Um, right now, specifically because we're playing so many games, I think we do rely on each other and in the form of which Pablo asks ask of us with Pablo of course we get along well we play well together and feed off each other I think we're doing a good job collectively and continue and hope to continue moving forward anything else all right thank you that was Brian Ojeda and uh, made his feelings perfectly clear that uh, he is incredibly happy here uh, loves uh, Salt Lake loves Real Salt Lake and uh, is hopeful that uh, he is able to extend his stay permanently from Nottingham Forest yeah, I, I'd love for him to stay. I think he's been a great player for RSL. Um, found his position pretty quickly. I love having a, a few Bryans on the team. I love when they're all on the field together. I'd, I want to see the statistics. Maybe this is a Trey question of when they're on the field together. What is a, What are the stats? What's, how's RSL doing? Per, when it's win, just the Bryans? Win, loss, draw, when all three of them are on the field together. Um, it's we, been a frequent uh, thing lately, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if it's good uh, a good record but very curious about that uh that'll do it from myself and lauren from our tech stone and our producer Corey tonight we wish you a wonderful rest of your weekend as rsl run out three one winners here at america first field up next we'll be back on saturday the 22nd as rsl host seattle sounders a kickoff at 7 30 in the league's cup myself lauren and probably jake back with a pregame at 6 30 right here on the rsl radio network two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do 
when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.